Hi. Hi. And welcome to Joey Hates Movies. My tummy's rumbling. Me too. I don't know what I'm going to eat today, but this is episode 11. This marks the beginning of the Halloween season. And today we're talking about a very interesting movie. <laughs> and I am Nick Limon, and joining me today we have uh, you first. Hi, I'm Coral. I'm Joey. I get to go last this time. I'm excited about that. Yeah, he likes the he likes all the extra renown. That, yeah. I like the attention. That's why I put my name in the podcast title. Mm-hmm. It really, I need it to to live. I'm like crank, but instead of electricity, I'm podcast title name. See, I'm doing it again. Wow. And you know they say like in movies, if you see the credits and then whenever you see an and and then the person's name, whoever comes after the and makes the most money in the movie. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Joey hates movies. And Coral and Nick fuck backwards. <laughs> oh no. Or if there's an ampersand and it's writers, that means that they worked on it together, but if they're separated by a comma, that means that the second writer had a different like they both approached it at two different times. Wow. Fun fact. Credits are very complicated and yeah. antagonistic. They're very dumb. Yeah. It seems like a very old school Hollywood. Yeah. Do you want top billing on some things? Do people care about that? Yeah. Yeah, people do. People will watch a movie. People will watch Terminator Dark Fate because Arnold Schwarzenegger is on it, in it. Or they'll watch because Linda Hamilton is in it. What if you're naming something like like uh, like Nick and Joey? Like, ah, oh, I get that Nick has top billing. Ugh. If in old, like, Hollywood, that would have been a problem for a lot of people. Huh. Yeah. I think it's... Sorry. It's similar to like TV shows. You might have a character who's in most episodes, but in the credits it still says and special guest so and so. That's also like a prestige thing that doesn't really make sense and be very practical. Hmm. I'm unfamiliar with all of this. But who got top billing in Hereditary? Would it have been Tony Collette? I have to imagine. Right. IMDb shows Alex Wolf first. I don't think that's right. IMDb's (laughs) not right about a lot of things. (laughs) I don't know. We are... You you said it. We're talking about Hereditary. We're talking about Hereditary. This is our first... No, we've watched watched The Thing. Yeah. But I think this is the first, like, contemporary movie we've Mm -hmm. seen. Right? We did did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that's true. That's true. So this is actually the second oldest, or the second... Mm -hmm newest movie we've seen. Yeah, but, that'll get complicated real quick. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm not going to reference it like that anymore. But that said, this movie came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Coral, what is Hereditary about? Hereditary is a horror movie about a family that is struck by tragedy multiple times, and it, it kind of compounds all the problems in this family and breaks down communication, and weird things start to happen around this tragedy and around their grief. Yeah, no, I think that's excellently put, and I think it it does a better job of telling you what the movie is than if you watch any of the trailers before mm. this movie came out. Yeah, certainly. The trailers were intentionally pretty misleading. And I, I, I'm thankful for it. Yeah, that was great. I'm thankful for that, but but Joey, did you both see this in theaters? Yes. yes. Um, I saw this last night. But you watched it on 4K Ultra HD Ooh. Amazon Prime. Do you know that it took eight gigabytes per second per per second? Pardon me, <laughs> per hour. I think to stream that way. That's that sounds. That sounds right. Amazon was like, "Hey, this is good. I want you to know this is going to be a lot of data. You're streaming it in 4K." <laughs> and I'm like, "Whatever, baby. Uh, I want to see all the darkest blacks." Yeah. It, it's a gorgeously made movie. Like, we don't have to get into that right now, but like, it really does make use of that uh, the Ultra HD and the uh, HDR. Like, they do a really good job. I had no idea what I was getting myself into aside from, <laughs> aside from this is a horror movie a genre that I traditionally chronically avoid why though because I um I am an anxious person by nature I didn't know that I didn't know that you didn't like horror movies because really? they're did, scary. Did, did, did you really know that it's not I, I don't I don't actively talk about that that's not like a thing that I put out, put out yeah. in the world I feel like it's a it's probably like a weird masculine they think like oh I can't not like horror movies I'm a dude but like, <laughs> I always thought you didn't like them because you were like oh whatever the guy's gonna kill all the people and then everyone's no, gonna no, scream no. and then <laughs> it's, it's over I, I I'm so sorry Joey. I really um 
I really don't like anything that has jump scares. Mm. It it mm. makes me because I know that they're eventually going to happen, mm-hmm. and I'm so anxious for that particular thing that it, it's hard for me to focus on any piece of media. I don't like really playing horror games. Um, I don't. I don't really like watching horror movies. I can probably count the horror movies I've seen on like one hand. That being said, uh, I, I I have seen. I like. A, I. I mean, we watched the thing. Mm-hmm. I didn't really have a problem with that. Uh, I remember watching Signs at a young age. Didn't really have a problem with that either, which a lot of people told me was like super Signs. Freaky. I saw Signs in theaters when I was too young. That movie fucked that, me that up. That movie messed me up too, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I saw Signs in maybe sixth grade at my friend's house at night with his parents. Okay. And I'm like, what's weird about this movie? <laughs> so I, I feel like my my distaste for this genre on a whole is something that hasn't been properly tested but knowing that I had to watch this I was still not happy about it now compound this coral by the fact that last night um, <laughs> Nick and I were hanging out with Myron Okay. and for whatever reason people were talking about like scary movies mm-hmm. and Halloween and unanimously amongst the crowd people are like oh man fucking hereditary just <laughs> destroyed me Myron Myron described it as like something that was like the scariest movie he's ever seen legitimately yeah. without without hesitation <laughs> and this was hours before I was gonna go watch it <laughs> so I was I was not having I was not having you a good excited. time. I, I I wasn't excited. I've been not excited to like watch the general because I'm like, well, time to watch like a silent film that's yeah. in black and white. But I was dreading watching Hereditary. Wow. If that's the headspace that, that you can just imagine I was in. Dread's a good feeling to start this movie with, I think. And you said that like you have a problem with things that build to a jump scare because you're anticipating it, so the dread is always building. I don't really think there's many jump scares in Hereditary, but I feel like it builds to a lot of them. And there's then a jump scare at 14 minutes. I wrote, it, I wrote it down. It doesn't release a lot of times, so that dread just kind of stays with you throughout. But before we get into it, Joey, what did you think Hereditary was about? I kept on getting hereditary confused with persona as just like words. So multiple times <laughs> I went to look this up. I just typed in persona because I confused myself. Okay. So, um, so you thought it was about two uh, Swiss women in a, in a cabin on on the beach. I I just thought it was a uh, I I I thought it was a movie. I believe I saw a picture before mm-hmm. um, with someone on fire. Okay. And that's it. I think. I think we actually all watched this trailer together on content. Really? I, I have. I think so. That was an old no. show we used to do. Oh, we did. Because we, we were did. both really excited about it, and you and Alex were both like, no. <laughs> Alex similarly does not watch horror movies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess I have seen the trailer for it, and then I just immediately was like, this is never going to be a thing in my life. <laughs> just, I can just like press the reset button on my, on my short-term memory and, and use it to save other things like, like yeah. memes or... <laughs> yeah, well, do we ask him if he likes it now or save that till the end? I feel like it's going to be a complicated answer. Yeah. Joey, what did you, <laughs> what did you think of Hereditary? I was happy okay with hereditary and i think that's because it wasn't what i th- what i have in my mind what a horror movie is what is a horror movie in your mind what do you what is joey's brain i don't even horror? i don't even know like uh, my mind wants to say like saw but that's not true um there's elements of it is it just like the gross Something, visceralness of it's it's never it's never the grossness it's always the like darkness and tension okay okay which there is a lot of here but there's not like a lot of like ah gotcha yeah. things yeah. which is what i like the least yeah <laughs> so knowing that the movie really wasn't that and then seeing that the movie was kind of Cerebral? Yeah. 
uh, made me be like, okay, there's something here to unpack, right? Like we can probably talk about it quite well. I think that, that it'll it'll make a good experience. I like the way that it's shot. I like the way that it's kind of confusing. I didn't like. I, I probably don't understand some of the horror tropes in it. Um, I don't like the way that I guess the score in movies like this or movies or like this mm-hmm. was just like noise. It just sounds like Carpenter Bees. Like half the movie sounds like bees to me. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I really didn't like that. Yeah. Um But but stuff like the the gore I'm totally fine with. Um so I think that it, it doesn't have that kind of visceral effect. I, it was really interesting to me to see the horror kind of go to a place that is like a family and trauma. Yeah. It feels very, uh, what, what do we call this like little time period we're in? What, like prestige? Like in regards to the genre or? I guess in regards to like our worldview. Like it, like it feels like, it feels like it was written, it feels like it would go into that bucket of pieces of media that were written by someone who is like aware of mental illness and is okay talking about it. Mm. I don't know when we made that shift in like movies and TV and games and other stuff like that, but I feel like if we look back on this time period, sometime in the, in the, early 2010s I'd say we started using mental health as like a focal point and I feel like it almost falls into that bucket yeah um, it uses the, it uses the movie as an avenue to explore what mental health is and kind of like the fallacies surrounding it and also the problems of it I think like it is acutely aware of mental health as a very serious thing as opposed to just a monster or a demon that yeah. you need to be worried about. And I'm a about. sucker for that. I'm a sucker for, for works of media that involve, like, you know, uh, uh, mental health conflicts. Yeah, and, and I think the beauty of Hereditary, like, this is just going into my taste, like, I think this is one of the finest horror movies ever made because I, I think it, not only is it, like, very viscerally scary for someone specifically like me because I am deathly afraid of all things devil, demon, <laughs> possession, like, I love it, but that stuff also scares me the most because I come from a very, like, uh, Protestant-heavy background. Like, the very much, like, you know, your body can be the host to these entities. And, like, if you're not careful, they're going to mess you up, man. So, like, it's always the thing that I find a lot of people like me are interested in but also deathly afraid of, which I like. And I also like that there is this central... I think sympathy of family tragedy that everyone who watches this movie identifies with to some extent. Your family might not be as messed up as this family, but there's definitely things that you will make you feel uncomfortable. He's like, I might have thought that at one point in my life. Or it does a good job of channeling what happens when we have those small emotions and judgments about our family characters when it gets pushed to the utmost extreme Mm. and you do actually say the thing that you would never say yeah this family feels very messed up but you also sense that you know a week before the plot of this movie began they probably seemed fine and normal and were fully functional and it wasn't it it was they were put through an experience that forced all of these things to get teased out but before that, they were probably pretty normal family, pretty comparable to your own. You know, who knew all it would take is a demon possession? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but Joey, when we open the movie, we're presented with some, uh, I guess, unusual imagery. It's like a, a dollhouse. Everything's like model scale. And we're looking at various like houses. We're looking at rooms, dolls, and things like that. Like I think right away the movie is just like this is going to be a thing we go back to. Like it establishes that very early on. How did you feel about something like that, which is a little more unusual? I, guess. I feel like right off the bat it makes me start to question. Like, okay, if is this like some kind of symbolism for what's real and what's not real? Mm. And how is that going to impact like the movie? Like, are we in this dollhouse? Are we in a dollhouse inside of a dollhouse? Are we? Uh, is is this have zero significance? It's like what's what's the point of having this exact replica of someone's house in miniature form open the movie? What does that what does that mean? Like what are we gonna derive from it? And mm-hmm. I'm like I don't know. Do you know now? I mean, aside it's from okay, if you don't. 
I feel attacked. No, <laughs> no, because I think I might have just figured it out as I asked you that question. Well, I, I'm... Maybe. I don't know. What I was taking away, I mean, it was just... Uh, it, 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 I don't know how the dollhouse plays into what what is and isn't real or what uh where we are in terms of the world but i understand you know it it working in the lore of of mama bear you know making figures and that it is a replica of their house and that it is um i i think it's you're supposed to not know when you're in the dollhouse and when you're not in the dollhouse hmm I like that. I like that a lot because it does do a good job of paralleling a lot of things that happen in the movie. But, Cole, what is, what's your read on the dollhouse? I feel like it's kind of a, a double-edged thing where it points out Annie's unhealthy need to, like, circle around trauma and recreate her own formative pain further on and mm. just to, like, stress over those things and, and continue all of them. And also kind of uh, their... They're, they're not as in control of their own life as they think that they are, similar to a doll in a dollhouse. They're just subject kind of to the out. forces outside yeah, of them. Yeah. And that's something that gets reinforced in the school lessons, that if you're, if you're listening, you, mm. you see, like, the, the, the teachers, uh, it's, what's the son's name? Uh, Peter. Peter. In Peter's classroom, he's, you know, texting his buddy about smoking a bowl bro and he's he's checking out the butts of all the girls he's just he's an, he's an average like high school yeah. kid but if you're listening for it you can hear the teacher talking about um what like a, a tragic decision is what tra- what tragedy is and how uh one of the like biggest tragedies are characters who are Despite their best efforts, they are just subject to external forces, and they always will be. Mm-hmm. And everything that happens to them will be out of their control, which is just kind of complementing that dollhouse imagery that you were talking about. And and I think it does it in some interesting ways. And mm-hmm. and I didn't put the two together until you just said it. Mm-hmm. I, I always saw the dollhouse as like a snapshot of what a happy family looked like that's mm. usually what it is in like american contemporary culture or whatever it's like oh it's the nuclear family you got the 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 husband the wife the the daughter and the son and a dog everything's uh, hunky-dory but here you you're seeing it kind of flipped on its head because you're seeing straight up ghosts thrown into mm-hmm. the dollhouse you're seeing um, a woman recreate the tragic events surrounding her daughter's death like there's some crazy stuff they do in this movie, like surrounding the dollhouses. But what's what's your general read on the rest on the, the entire family, Joey? Because they re- they are the most important characters. Um, I, I want to go through this intentionally, trying to avoid using the word crazy. I mean, um, I think crazy is an appropriate word to use for a couple people in this particular scenario i don't think it's one of those like they're crazy like i think tony collette's character might actually be crazy i'm a big fan of of mom because how she both seems like someone who really has her shit together and is like a a good mom who can provide emotional support to her children and then she also seems like the worst mom. <laughs> the absolute worst mom. Like, you couldn't put the EpiPen in your bag? Or you're going to just let your daughter go with your son to a high school party where there's definitely going to be alcohol that you've already assessed? I think he said it was a school barbecue function. So. <laughs> <laughs> but she definitely gives off the vibe that she knows what's actually happening and right. she doesn't care. Yeah. Which is weird because then she immediately follows up with like, you need to take your sister. Like, well, I'm not. <laughs> like, mom, you should know that maybe your sister, maybe your daughter and your son maybe aren't as close as you'd like them to be. Yeah. But maybe that's what she's trying to do. Maybe yeah, she I, is trying to get them. It'll to, fix. That'll be fixed by uh, ha- having him accompany her to a, <laughs> a high school party. I mean, it fixed something. <laughs> the the daughter is, I mean, intentionally the character who you look at and you're like, okay, well, what's gonna happen with this person because they're just a little absurd, 
they're 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 a little abnormal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love. I haven't looked up pictures of what that actress actually looks like, but I love the way that they made her look so disheveled and unwell in the movie. Yeah, I think she actually was wearing like facial prosthetics too. If you would have paused it on your Amazon Prime video player, <laughs> you would have seen pictures of every person in a scene, and she's a very normal-looking person. They they definitely did did work to her. Yeah. So like yeah. I mean, she has a big forehead, but like. <laughs> Some people just have big foreheads, and it's fine. <laughs> I have big. I have a big forehead. I'm well aware. Am I haunted by a demon? <laughs> you might be. <laughs> you look like Walter White and El Camino before they shoot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's a real community review, everybody. <laughs> Solid eight out of ten. Um, yeah. So, and I I love what the art department did holistically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what they what they did to make her look disheveled, it was jarring because like sometimes with her clothing, she looked like a young boy who was like almost flat chested, mm-hmm. and then other times it's like whoa. You're like a like a like a burgeoning teenager. Like I I really in addition to her just like looking off, I feel like I was always kind of getting weird mental cues about like even how old she is or like what yeah. her mental development is or what her place in the world is. And you mentioned that like having not watched a lot of horror movies, maybe you're not as as literate with horror tropes and I feel like that's such a this movie feels like it's going to be maybe a more traditional possession movie which is classically about a girl going from pre like going through puberty like Carrie and any the exorcism of Emily Rose or the last exorcism all those movies are about girls at this weird age usually do those girls uh, decapitate birds ever probably a few times probably a few times yeah i like this movie has a lot of uh Foreshadowing, which I feel like is surface level enough to where you can like easily pick it out and talk about it if you pay a little bit of attention, which I always appreciate. So I'm like, yeah, thank you, um, the sixth grade lit teacher, for teaching me that <laughs> word. I understand that this actually happens and people write this stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to cut the bird's head off? Your head's going to get cut off. A lot of heads are getting cut <laughs> off in this a movie. Of, <laughs> a lot of heads are getting cut off. Uh, what about the rest of the family? The, the, uh, I'm I'm curious how dad and mom got married. I want to know their backstory because he seems well adjusted, ish. He seems extremely resentful. I I felt like their marriage is over. They've given up on their relationship. They're just part of a larger family unit together now. Yeah, you can sense contempt mm-hmm. underneath his like reading glasses when he's just laying in bed reading a novel or on the couch reading something or cooking and blah blah blah. Yeah, I think. Tony is probably what I assume. I, I really haven't done any reading mm-hmm. post this, but I assume that she's the one who was like nominated for awards and like she was not nominated at all for this movie. Yeah. Which a are lot people, of people upset about that? Yes, yes. Yeah. a lot of people are very upset <laughs> that this did not because traditionally horror has not been seen as something that's prestigious in the Academy's eyes. Therefore, if it's from a horror movie, it's probably not worth acknowledging. Well, that's just, I mean, I guess, canon for how dumb the Academy is, because it's clearly a phenomenal acting performance. Yeah. She scares me so much in this movie, but I can't help but feel bad for her the entire time. I don't know. And that's the story of every character in this family. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like Dad also, like, low-key did really good acting. Yeah, it's it's subtle. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just one of those things, like, a lot of his silence is, kind of speaks for itself, and I think that... You know, you have seen that type of parent before in your life. And I'm not speaking of my own, (laughs) but like, you know, parents are like that, where it's just like, oh man, you guys have a a lot of stuff you gotta, you gotta work out. But he's definitely not the the type to to do it. Mm -hmm. And, And like I was saying earlier, like, you see the contempt that a lot of people that you know on a day to day basis bury down deep inside, and they're just like, that's a thing I might have to deal with at some point in my life, but today's not that day. Yeah. In this movie, today is that day. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is that is the, the logical, like, everything. All of their inner demons are coming out when this real demon shows up, mm. which is just part of what makes this movie so stressful for me. Because not only do I have to worry about this demon that's in the house, but I also have to worry about people being just not even awful, but just voicing their contempt in a way that's so brutally honest and just like 
I'm glad you said that, <laughs> but like I don't feel better because you said it. No. And it, it's a time when everyone is both getting all that stuff out of their system, but very vulnerable as to that as well, where no one's equipped to deal with this from everyone else and everyone's unloading on everyone else. It's just the worst the, time. The, the hate's being expelled, but also absorbed at the same yeah, time. Like just that dinner scene between... Oh, the dinner scene is so yeah, uncomfortable. I awful. hate the dinner. That's probably my favorite part of the movie. It's certainly a crescendo. I, I walked by your room when that scene was about to happen, and I quickly closed the door, and I was like, I don't want to hear this again. Mm-hmm. Like, th- this was one of those movies that when I watched it, I was... Why, why does that give you a visceral reaction? Because it's so just... Uh, yeah. It's so powerful, and so, like... That's the kind of thing where I'm like, oh, that was really good. But I like that, that how I felt about the movie is that was really good. I don't think I want to watch that again anytime <laughs> soon. Why does it not give me a reaction like that then? <laughs> I, I mean, that's I don't know. You might have to explore that for yourself. <laughs> I'm just looking for some therapy. I'm just like, oh, that's like I'm like, oh yeah, that that kind of makes sense. Like that's that's some good acting. Or like I can, I can imagine that conversation. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but like I think a lot of the hate in this family and a, a lot of the resentment really does come from the son Peter. Mm-hmm. What was your What was your read on Peter? I, I this is jumping really far ahead. Maybe. Um, why didn't the demon just possess Peter if he was the because first child? It was it was Annie's mom, the grandma, who was kind of orchestrating this whole thing. And at the point that Peter was born, she was estranged from the family. Okay. So she messed up and she got excommunicated when it was really like, nah, you should have been there. Yeah. But she was back for Charlie's birth. So Charlie kind of housed the demon. Which is represented in... I, I really don't understand the whole demon thing until very late. And even mm-hmm. then, it's like, I still kind of have to go back and unpack, like, okay, so this mm-hmm. is demonic? I guess I don't really get it. I get the cultist stuff or, like, the the logo that keeps popping up all over the place or the blue light that's shining around. I feel like I yeah. can kind of understand that stuff or, like, what it represents. But the whole idea of, like, demon possession uh, is, like, I guess a little bit foreign or lost to me. The sun... Um, had no redeeming qualities. What? He's a, he was a normal teenage boy. I would say a lot of teenage boys don't have a lot of redeeming qualities yet, but he was on the road and he was fine. Yeah, like I would say teenage boys out of, you know, most people are probably the least people, <laughs> like in a way in that they're not developed in a way to, or they're not developed enough to handle a lot of the things especially things that this movie presents mm. so a lot of times it just feels like you're watching a baby on screen and you kind of see him devolve into a baby over the course of the movie which i thought was really cool mm. you see him going from resenting his mom to crying for her as she's actively trying to hunt him down crying mommy mommy please help me and I, I really like that. Maybe it's just annoying that he, that he wasn't paying attention in class. <laughs> but, but dude, those, all those bowls, those juicy <laughs> bowls and pot he was smoking. Yeah. No one carries a bag of weed that big. That was a pretty big bag of weed. It was a pretty big bag yeah. of weed. It was a very big bag of weed. Well, I don't... I'm Yeah, I'm like, okay, so this guy is like... Staring at the girl in front of his ass isn't paying attention in class is like smoking with his sister around and like leaving her unsupervised people like teenage boys do that all the time joey yeah except save for the last one i did the others on a regular (laughs) basis that's a normal thing that people do unfortunately let's go back and try to unpack why i'm broken (laughs) (laughs) like that's just you know your hormones are raging and you know no you can't really make sense of anything and that's what he's dealing with and also dealing with the fact that he killed his sister he's also dealing with the fact that his mom said he wished he would never been born and that the mom also one-upped herself in that very same breath saying i tried to get an abortion but it didn't work (laughs) but i still had you damn it like i don't blame him for feeling upset to get a miscarriage Every way possible. Yeah. Which is even more visceral. I'm like, ooh, that's a good insult. Yeah, that that's like one of those things where there, Ari Aster is like sitting back and probably just drinking a coffee and also smoking a joint. And he was just like, 
It's mean if she says she had to try to get an abortion and it didn't work. Yeah. What's meaner? <laughs> and it's like, oh, I tried to have a miscarriage, but it failed. Like, oh, that's even more like just under the skin. Like, ooh, ooh. When I saw it in theaters, the moment in the entire movie that got the biggest reaction was when she blurts out, I never wanted to be your mother. I think everyone was expecting her to set him on fire or lunge at him, and that was that felt so much worse. And you heard everyone in the audience just gasp. I think that's why I had that reaction, because I feel like out of most of the horror in this movie, mm-hmm. that one hits the hardest because it's such a... Like, that's a... That's a loaded thing to say to someone. And then it's almost like she's so mad at him in that given moment that she can't even stifle her deepest thought. And and you see her like actively grab her mouth. Yeah. She like tries to repress it. Mm -hmm. I feel like I almost don't see that as horror. I just see that as like the most extreme drama. That's a pretty horrific thing to say to someone. Yeah. I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's drama, but I, I don't think it's horror in that it's like spooky. It's 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 horror in that like the the reason why I like horror so much is that it gives you a a safe space to explore some of your like biggest fears, and I think that this is just like yeah, that's a pretty big fear. Like I would hate to be told that my mom said she didn't want to be my mom. That would suck. Yeah. <laughs> so like yeah, I, I think that's why this is that's like a horror scene. Interesting. Yeah, I. I really liked that was probably my favorite part of the movie. It's really good. It's a very good part of the movie. I I I feel like I had weird like I also kind of enjoyed the way that the daughter was killed. I'm like <laughs> oh, Jesus Joey. How? What do you mean? You gotta you gotta clarify. Well just like the I like that it was kind of almost like a bait and switch in the sense where I'm like, oh shit. He's going to swerve and she's going to like go out the window. Um. And then he, he swerves back on the road. You're like, oh, she's still in the car. And then he swerves back out of the road. He's like, oh, no, she's getting decapitated by a lamppost. That thunk is such a deep thunk. I want to know how they recorded it. I think that scene was the one that I dreaded watching the most when I wanted to rewatch, when I knew we were going to rewatch the movie because as he's driving back in the car, I'm just in my bed pulling my blanket tight. I'm like, okay, I'm just, maybe I just won't even look at it this time. Yeah. Like, it's such a, it's shot so well because the, the, the filming of it really heightens what happens. It's so good. Everything is like so perfect. Like that is the best possible way that scene could have been executed. Mm-hmm. And I think Ari Aster just knocked it out of the park. Him and his team, like so good. It's so good. And there's even lore in there if you look close enough. Hmm. Like the telephone pole has the the family symbol on oh. it, which I was just when I first saw it, I was like, that's a weird looking piece of metal. Mm-hmm. And then watching it this time, I paused it. I was like. That's straight up the family. Did they plan this? How do you plan this? That doesn't make any sense to me. Demons. Yeah. I don't understand, like, is 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 there, like, an outer mystical network of demons that are, like, puppeteering everything? Because it feels like it's just, like, a sequence of events that went very wrong in the right way for, for this boy to become... Um, I think it's just magic. I think the cult just was doing magic yeah. to get the demon. Well, it's the idea. Like, you see in a lot of demon possession movies, it's in order to make a host susceptible to the demon, you have to, like, break them. You have to basically separate their sense of identity from, like, their self-preservation, their will, and just break them, make them go insane. And in doing that, you leave them susceptible to being inhabited because their psyche is no longer there, so it's filled by something else. And that's kind of what the cult is doing via magic. Like, they might not have put that telephone pole there, but the things that they were doing played a a role in the background to put the two of them in the car. It it made them make cake at the party with nuts, which is a very weird thing to have (laughs) at a party like that. Like, who bakes cakes like that outside of Joey at a party? Cool people. (laughs) I'm... Mm, the, the the cake and nuts thing really bothers me. Not the, not the cake and nuts thing. The daughter really bothers me. <laughs> because as someone with a peanut allergy, mm-hmm. that is kind of problematic. She is more than old enough to know to not eat that. 
She's got a death drive, though. She, like, she's possessed. The, everything in her is telling her, you need to kill yourself. Yeah, you need to be take your brother's body from him, however you get that. Like, that's... I, I guess There is something inside of her that is telling her I'm in the wrong body I need you to die so that I can go into the correct body Cool, thanks <laughs> Bye And I, I think that manifests Like I don't know if Charlie has like A development disorder But she kind of gives that vibe In that she has a hard time reading people She has a hard time just uh, Just behaving like a, a, a or a, a regular person who's not inhabited yeah. by a demon might like yeah. I, 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 that's a really loaded way of saying the things that I said <laughs> but you get what I'm saying like there's clearly something off about her and she behaves in ways that other people probably wouldn't and yeah she gets her head cut off but it doesn't show and it mom crying it doesn't show it though and that's what's good it shows it at the right moment yeah because you just see the perspective of, of the son the entire time. Peter, mm-hmm. driving back, he knows what he did already. Oh, I love that shot right after he gets back in the car and it follows his eyeline to the rear view mirror a little bit and then quickly hmm. back away. He's afraid. That's very good. He, he knows what he did, but he doesn't want the physical perception of like confirming it. Yeah. Because then that makes it real. I mean, everyone has done that. Everyone has dropped something and they don't want to look at it because they know it's already broken. And then it's just the long series of shots of him getting into bed, not sleeping, him listening as his parents wake up, his mom getting out, going to the car, and just probably one of the the worst screams I've ever heard. It's such a powerful scream. And then you get the, the shot that it's been building to, and it's the her decaying head on the highway with so many bugs on it. Ooh, so gross. How was mom not awake when they got back anyway? She was. She says, oh, they're back. She says that very distinctly when they walked the door. Okay, they're back. She just doesn't greet them. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy mom. I did it. <laughs> my mom would have My mom would have been like, well, why are you home so late? She would have been like at the front door. What's going on? It might not have been that late. Yeah, I mean, why are you home so early? They left the party early. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. Hey, did you not really drink? Hey, how's your sister? Hey. Yeah. Hey, why didn't you travel with an EpiPen? <laughs> twice. Why did they not travel with an EpiPen twice? Right? Whatever. Um, Possessed by demons, man. Yeah, so I mean, I guess then we start to see the the Peter devolving, the family devolving even more so. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, mom, mom goes to meetings, dad hates being there. <laughs> Peter has to deal with the very real grief of killing his sister. And his mom hating him for it. Yeah. And his dad not caring. His dad just gesturing vaguely and mentioning the SATs. Man. It was a real rough family life. <laughs> but I think things really start to, to kick into high gear when... Uh, when uh, what, What's Tony Collette's character's name again? Annie. When Annie goes to her, her meeting, her grief meetings, instead of going in after Charlie's death, she's greeted by someone who says they were there before and they kind of become slow friends and she realizes, oh, this is a friend in, in the loosest sense of the word, but they are going through something that they have gone through something that I am going through. Cool. I sympathize with that. And that is what the cult is trying to do. <laughs> they are trying to get an in with Joanne just so Joanne could finally be like, I'm finally happy with my life. You can too. Here's how. And then things get crazy because that's when the, the seance happens and they start manipulating other forces to be like, see, you can have this closure too. All you have to do is like this candle and just, just read whatever's in this book. I don't know what it says. Just read it. It's probably fine. And honestly, I feel like there's two two audiences that, that, that'll take something away from them. The one, they'll be like, she's dumb. Why would she read something like that? Those people have probably never seen a grieving mother before because a grieving person would probably do anything to get their child back of all things yeah. like just to make them feel a little better about it they'll probably do anything so she does 
And as soon as she does, she basically sends an open invite to have a demon inhabit that not only the house, but I think her. That's kind of where she gets possessed, right? I, I couldn't tell if she's supposed to be possessed or just kind of driven mad from being near all of that stuff. I couldn't tell it was dreams or real ever at a certain point I'm like what is actually happening in this canonical world and what is like someone dreaming because they do that happens so it's like okay like is is this stuff real or is this not real or like what is what's going on I, I there, there becomes a point around there where I stop understanding fully like what is reality and I think that's done on purpose to put you at, like in the mental state of not only Peter but also Annie like mm-hmm. you feel like you are going crazy because you are seeing things that are not there. You are interpreting things in ways that are not meant to be interpreted. And it's all just very, very fun. <laughs> lots of cool imagery. Lots of things being physically represented that were only talked about. There's a great story, Annie says, where she sleepwalks. And uh, when her kids were very little, they woke up to her pouring paint thinner on them holding a match which is fucked up yeah that's really good that's a really good like <laughs> oh man i hope mom doesn't set me on fire while i'm asleep that's crazy and then you see something like that happen and it's it's again it's another one of those foreshadowing things mm-hmm. it's something that's being teased at later on and one thing i guess really like at, at the end of act two one thing that i i have always wondered is when she's talking to her husband begging him to set the book on fire is she already gone like we see her break at the end of that scene but is she already being like subject to the will of the demon i don't i never thought so i I always interpreted all the additional face pats as her like prepping the the hearth essentially like i know my hands are covered in lighter fluid but i can't help it like I am, she's like a, a passenger and this demon has mm-hmm. taken control of her body and she's like thoroughly patting him down with lighter fluid so that when the demon inevitably yeah. snaps its fingers, he really goes up in flames. Like I, I wonder, I don't yeah. think that's the case because you have that just such, such, I think my favorite bit of acting from her is when she's screaming in shock and fear of, of her husband being set on fire. She has that moment where she like, <gasps> It like snaps and she like realized like oh no she's gone the demon is completely yeah. here and like that's really cool yeah that's I, a, oh. I always took that scene to kind of be like she f- feels like she finally has agency it's this flash of like this what the whole family's been denied she has the the willpower to be self-sacrificial to save her son to be the mom she's supposed to be and she like tries to run through that door but this movie is just that's not an option. That's yeah. never a real opportunity that she has. And she just has to fully commit to that and still fail for everything to really kick in. And then I think it's the movie just gets very it scary. Goes, yeah. It gets very <laughs> scary after that part because Peter wakes up after having a psychotic breakdown, I think. At, a psychotic break... Uh, wait. A demonically induced psychotic <laughs> breakdown at It's a good school. thing he probably never goes back to school because I can only imagine what that does to your social life. Yeah. It's rough. I, I don't like watching that scene where he, like, beats himself up in the classroom. It's real hard to watch. Yeah. Is this professor talking about, like, the Great Depression or something like that? I think so. How how poetic, right? Yeah. I like the professor's always talking about something that's, like, immediately relevant. Oh, yeah. And the chalkboard says, I think it's... Punishment brings wisdom. Yeah. <laughs> Which is it's just like... literally written on the wall. That's Ari Aster just like laughing, yeah. writing something on the wall, which is great. But just his reaction to himself slamming his face into his desk is so scary to me. Mm. Like it's such... You see him start to revert into that childlike state where he's just screaming in agony and fear. And he's just... He is no longer... He has no agency anymore. Like he is just... It's, it's only a matter of time before he falls victim to the demon's whims. And so he wakes up in a darkly lit home. And then, did you see it right away? Because when I watched it in the movie theater, I definitely didn't see the thing that I noticed. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because it was, you know, I didn't have that that HDR. I couldn't see in in that darkness. But you just see Annie clung to the corner of his bedroom. And it's just... I don't like seeing people do that. That's not great. And then that, there's that weird shot that is equal parts 
ridiculous but also very scary where he turns to look at her and she like crawl flies away yeah that like kind of j-horror yeah it it does it's evocative of something like juan uh, Mm -hmm. the grudge the ring like it's stuff that like people are moving in ways that they shouldn't and i think that innately elicits a a visceral reaction from people kind of like uncanny valley stuff yeah when people move or pretend to be human that genuinely just makes us uncomfortable yeah i just don't know (laughs) how did you feel during this like it's it's scary time Hey, Bucko! It's time to get scared. I'm like, oh, this is this isn't great. <laughs> um, I, ac- I actually never felt that like really. I, I never felt strong tension, aside from the fact of just being scared, waiting for like some loud crash and like that. Mm. Like I'm like. Oh, the she's in the corner. That's unsettling. Or like, how did that happen? I'm not like, oh no. Um, yeah. Is that kind of is that like easier to watch because like the floodgates are open? It's not you're not waiting for it to start anymore because it's kind of started. Yeah, it's like okay, well this is a thing now, so yeah. I can just kind of appreciate it for what it is. So I, I wasn't sitting there too tensely, and I wasn't like that recoiled by her actions. I think the 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 thing that bothered me the most which was still pretty little all things considered was uh like her banging her head on the on the attic ceiling mm. i think that yeah. was i think that if i had to single out a, a one thing that was like this is this is the creepiest or the weirdest or the scariest i'm like this is how is this happening yeah like what i'm just interested in the physics at this point like <laughs> she went from spider mom to upside down clinging attic lady and I'm like oh no that's demons dude that's what demons do I I do like that before Peter wakes up we see this like sweeping shot of their house not even nighttime it's like the, the sun's starting to set and like the thing that this movie does a really good job of doing is planting details all throughout a landscape and if you're not paying attention like you'll just miss it and you you'll see the cultists just straight up naked surrounding their entire household they're not I don't think the camera lingers on anyone. Like, it's just passing over like they are part of the landscape. But you're like, wait, that's a bunch of naked people there. What's going on? And then we have our first, like, in-house cultist of the the large naked man who, if you remember, he was there looking at Charlie in the funeral home at the Mm -hmm. beginning of the movie. It's the same guy. That confused me. Oh, is that like a supernatural being? Is that like someone who's like... No, it's one of the cultists. Because remember, the one of the things that Annie says is, I didn't expect this place to be so full. Like, so many people to show up. I'm glad so many people showed up. And you're just like, oh, they're friends of the mom. Well, if you find out in at the end of Act 2 that your mom's the leader of this cult, you're like, oh, shit, that really, that really recontextualizes all the people that were at the funeral. Oh, no. And, and he's definitely one of them. Yeah, and I... I mean, they dug up her grave and snuck it into their attic, was my reading of that body in the attic as well. Oh, yeah. That, that's one of the calls that the dad picks up is, mm-hmm. like, he gets a call from the funeral home, and then he's just like, what do you mean they desecrated the... And then it's just like, that's, that's a word you don't hear often in day-to-day <laughs> life, especially after a loved one just died. I should probably look into this. And he just doesn't, right? I, I don't know. At I, the end, he accuses Annie of doing it. Which it's like is even yeah. I know what you were doing at all those movies. You yeah. were sneaking a body into our attic. One <laughs> to, pe- to be fair, leaving the house several times a week and saying I'm going to the movie <laughs> is extremely suspicious. <laughs> what did you see this week, honey? And, so- <laughs> <laughs> and then we get to we see the master plan unfold though as. And he just does the thing that Joey was probably worried about this entire sequence. It's the jump scare. It's him turning around to face her. She's gone. He turns back around and she jumps out of the corner and chases him. Like, I knew it was happening and it still scared me. Yeah. How did you feel at that moment? I'm just like, uh, oh, <laughs> my body is in a different place than it was a second ago. Like, that's, that's, I don't like that. Nah, I don't like that. I feel anxious. Uh, let's, let's see what happens. Okay, okay, Attic. Oh, oh no. Oh, he's going to be at the end of the flies. Oh, there's so many flies. <laughs> and then you, you see the mouse. She's not trying to kill him there. She's trying to break him more and get him right where she wants him. It's like they, did they plan for him to jump out of the window? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. 
I, yeah. But they, like, at the point that he's in the attic crying for his mommy and she's banging her head against the ceiling, I would say it's, it's safe to say he has been psychotically broken. He is no longer, his sense of identity is in splinters mm. and he just needs to get out of there. And then he jumps to his death. And then once he does, we see that familiar light kind of land on his back. And then you see the Paimon. Paimon? Paimon? Paimon. Paimon. Paimon enter his body and like the cult did it. Well, Anne, was that her name? The the aunt? No, the, the grandma? Jo- Joan. Or, Joan. What was the grandma's name? I don't remember the grandma's name. But she was like, her mission was a success. The cult won. They have successfully summoned this demon from the the ether yeah and it's just like well what happens now and then you see formerly peter look up and see the headless oh i forgot to talk i really don't like that i hate that part the, where she's in the attic suddenly like shredding her own again head one of my favorite parts of the movie oh i i don't like to see like gore like that mm-hmm. and like this wasn't particularly gory but i i just don't like any of the sound design going yeah. on there i don't like the imagery it's, of it's it very good. i wanted to watch it again to see how they did it logistically because i think there's like a second there's like a, there's like a puppet body and there's like a second pair of hands behind like a fake wall probably i i, I truly don't. i'm like i'm like oh that's i'm like i was immediately taken out of the scene mm-hmm. when I was watching that because I'm like I want to know how they did, they did that effect so I just thought it looked really cool it looked amazing yeah. but it looked way too real to be like <laughs> I'm cool with this I just don't like the sound she's making I don't like the blood squirting out and then I don't like her getting faster and faster oh, as she gets yeah, this, closer to the yeah. ba- like it's like starts off slow but she really gained some momentum and just you gotta get between those vertebrae the, the sawing sound is just Awful! Oh, it's the worst. And then she's so successful. Oh, <laughs> gosh. But then you see this really creepy, eerie shot of the headless body of his mom fly up into the treehouse where Charlie spent most of her time. And I, I, that, that, that shot really bothers me. Like, it's scary. The weird floating. Yeah, yeah. like, it's just like, because it doesn't look particularly, like, it looks, it's fake, obviously, mm-hmm. but it doesn't look like like CG or something it's just like there's something it just looks wrong it just looks yeah. like that's not what should happen in that space physically yeah it's like and it's going in a tree house like the place that I was like that's a safe spot you know <laughs> like I've been trained like that's where kids are safe yeah they're definitely not safe here when you go up the cultists are in there it's a very big tree house <laughs> and they're all worshipping payment they did it the mission's success and the final shot is the a dollhouse perspective of this entire cult worshiping the new f- member of the family At the end scene <laughs> they, then they play the song that they play in the Toy Story 4 trailer <laughs> Joey what did you think of the ending I didn't know like it's it was hard for me to figure out what was really, like, being accomplished. Because I'm like, okay, so he was possessed. So that means that he was possessed and everyone had a bad time. And now a lot of other people are going to have bad times, I guess, the end. I, I, I was... I feel like I was looking at it too much in, like, a... Like, where does this... Hmm. Where, where does this paint-by-numbers story go? Where really it almost feels like most other things I would watch would like go a step further Hmm. but like I feel like it's just like okay well he got possessed that's it Um, but even then it it took some reflection to kind of think about like what was really happening what were they worshipping who were those other people who are the two headless people like what's oh pardon me what's really like um, going on I'm like oh oh." I really had to had to stop and think, and when the credits started rolling, I'd be like, "Okay, how do unpack?" Wait, did you just like look up demon stuff in my house that I share with you? <laughs> did you spend night like a night researching demons and like, oh, what's up with this ritual? What are they trying to do? No, oh, that seems pretty easy. I could do that. Like, I wasn't doing that, but good to know that if I want to scare, I can just drop pentag- pentagrams. Oh, fuck! It begins. There's sounds happening over in the. Oh. Yeah, I did all that research at work. Did you? But yeah. <laughs> well, what did you learn? Well, Payman's an actual... He's a very real de- demon. Yeah, yeah real well, demon. One of the... Not an Ari Aster created demon. Uh, 
is much re- older person. Is real to me, damn it. <laughs> um, he's like one of the kings of hell. Mm-hmm. And he was in um, the lesser, lesser key of King Solomon, which is like probably the most notable grimoire, like demonology book. And he's pretty well known. He's like the only demon you need to make an offering for. Everyone else you can just kind of call on and they'll show up. He's also the only one with a gender ambiguity. Uh, and the seal you see throughout the movie is the actual seal of Paimon. Oh, so they just did some real demon shit. Yeah, in yeah. And he is said to arrive with like cacophonous music and, and just like crashing loud sounds, which matches, I think, the whole soundtrack of this movie, especially at the end. That's cool. Yeah. I did not know that. That's really good. Yeah. I like that quite a bit. And it's also just very scary sound, so it works on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. So Bateman's like... He's like a level three demon. He's not like a any old like, oh, yeah, we'll just invite. Like, he's he's, he's like serious. Deal. He's like, oh, you know your stuff if you bring payment out there. Mm-hmm. But but I think like going back to Joey, like I would be interested to see like, well, what happens afterwards? But I also realize like the movie ends as soon as Peter gets possessed because like it's it's not a story about what the what the cult plans to do. It, it, it is a story about the family. Right. And so once. The family <laughs> once the family's gone, like the movie's over, and so I, I'm trying to think like what it means for Peter, and I think if nothing else, it means like sadly it feels like Peter finally has a like a family that he belongs in. Yeah, he has a purpose. He has a purpose. He knows what he's gonna do with his life. Yeah, because like that was one of the things that he was on looking at on his computer outside mm-hmm. of looking at porn. Yeah, and also like the girl. He stares at his Facebook page. Like, yeah, his his sense of purpose is being a demon. Like, that sucks, man. When being a demon is better than your normal family life, you probably have a pretty fucked up family, which I really like. But, Cole, just because I'm very into, like, I am very interested in, like, demonology (laughs) stuff. Did you learn anything, like, juicy? Like, anything wilder? Because that stuff is pretty wild already. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, like... There's arguments about it, and there's a lot of difficult translation you have to do, but there's, like, a step-by-step process to conjure him or a bunch of other demons, and it involves, like, symbols that are in the movie. Like, whoever did all this research went through as many steps as they possibly could to, like, actually summon Paimon. Like, that's a a symbol probably that we see uh, underneath the 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 grandma's bed. Yeah, you draw a triangle. Yeah, a triangle for where you want the demon to be conjured and then you draw a circle around yourself to protect protect yourself and that's like that's there in the movie was there a circle i think so yeah oh wow yeah what what was do you know what was up with the writing on the wall no i like, meant to check on something that. pandemonium was one of them yeah and then there was one that was like i can't remember the other one but it was like that seems like a word that was spelled incorrectly but it also seems like one of those old-timey words that was probably spelled that way originally yeah i was like this seems like it might have importance i don't know what it is (laughs) there's just a lot of like runic type stuff like oh there's stuff in here like there's probably even the way the house is laid out if i had to guess like maybe that's also why there's so many like plans like I don't know. I think there's a lot there. Like, I feel like somehow Annie was also building, like, a plan of attack for the cult with her models. Like, I don't know why, but it just seems so weird. Like, why would you make a figure of a ghost mom? Like, that's creepy. Yeah. Stop that. Making the figure of the death scene for the daughter, though, is was great. <laughs> this movie's kind of funny. Like, there's... Yeah. 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 That scene her, was funny. Yeah. Her, like, what? It's a neutral view? Yeah, <laughs> Uh. I think Ariaster likes doing stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I, he definitely like you know like pain is wisdom or whatever. Like stuff like that where he's like this is fucked up, but it's also kind of funny if we yeah. do this. And when I saw uh, Midsummer, I walked away feeling like it it had more humor in it than this movie. But I feel like it's actually pretty consistent. Just the way he writes. He has movies. a brand. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And there's a lot of very like real, like. It's inspired by real things, mm-hmm. like a lot of his stuff. So, like, man, it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Do Off. you feel like this movie is nihilistic? Because it's that's something I've been thinking about. Because I generally don't 
love movies that are so oppressively bleak and nihilistic. Mm. But I do really like this movie. And for whatever reason, that bent of it doesn't bother me the way it does similar kind of oppressively sad horror movies do. I think maybe you can like see hope in Annie and like maybe like a will to for actual like betterment of her children, which makes it feel like the characters aren't nihilistic, even though the world might be. So maybe if you're like looking at it through through the characters, it's, it's yeah. not. I think this is a, a textbook example of like one of my favorite people in the world is the uh, Flannery O'Connor Strong Medicine, mm. where it's just like. This is, I think, presenting a universal truth in a way that might not be easy to watch or even easy to walk away from. But I think it's something that it is allowing you a safe environment to experience something that is like, I'd say, a top tier trauma Mm -hmm. in a controlled, safe environment so that you can almost understand what was went through and why. And in doing so. You don't have to go through something similar yourself. It, it, it's catharsis via strong medicine versus like it, it's something that no one should have to go through, nor is it normal for people to. But it is heightened for the purpose of like, oh, this is the logical like insanity that follows such a terrible thing that could happen to a family. Yeah. Like I think in a really like honestly, this is one of those movies that I, I think is a good textbook example of the importance of storytelling for audiences that are genuine generally aren't interested in things that are rated r like i think this would be a very important movie for a lot of people who identify as christians to watch Mm. because i think that there is a lot of christian truth in it not just in the like not take out all the demon stuff like i think there's a lot of just what a family unit looks like in 2019 what it means to have a tragedy what happens what it looks like when you let something like this really just boil over mm-hmm. and it's just like yeah we should probably not do that like you, you see it all the time you oh you don't want to end up like them and it always feels so mean to say when it's something that's real well this is a safe space because this is a fake family so you don't want to end up like this family <laughs> so maybe we should do everything in our power we Maybe we should talk to each other a little bit more. Maybe instead of going to our rooms to do all our stuff, maybe we should spend a little more time together. Maybe I won't bottle up all of this stuff that I have inside of me that's just really developed over the years. Like, I think this is a good example of, like, don't be like this. Yeah. And I think it plays more like a Greek tragedy than Mm, necessarily an allegory for what grief does to everyone who experiences it. So it's it, it, it just a, I, I would say a textbook Greek tragedy. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you can't help it when you're the central figure of yeah. that tragedy. And that sucks. But hey, what can you do? Hmm. Joey, what did you think of Hereditary? Where would you rank it in the pantheon of Joey hates movies? Unequivocally better than Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple times. But better. was it better than Airplane? <laughs> also better than Airplane. Okay. Um, I would probably put it in. Uh, not one of the the top spots, but maybe like like a like a five in a top five. Okay. I I think it's better than I think it's better than the Matrix. Okay. But I don't think it's better than Collateral. <laughs> so it's no it's no Michael Mann's Collateral, but it's definitely better than the Wachowskis' The Matrix. Yeah, I I think that I. Is I, it wait? Is it a better horror movie than The Thing? Is it a better movie than The Thing? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess it depends on how you would, would... Like, if you just want to yes or no, that feels harder than if you would grade it on criteria. Uh, I think so. Okay. But that's a very tepid I think so. Okay. So it's um, like a fluid... I'd say it sounds like it's number three for you. 
something like that. I think I think you should have to make a list yeah. before next next recording. Okay. You have to look at all the movies we release and just list them all out. Yeah. I'll do that. I'll I'll, gi- I'll give you an updated list. Uh, <laughs> I have I have all the movies. Take out Evangelion and then we'll just uh, I'll I'll make a list and I think that it'll it'll make sense and then it'll be easier to rank stuff because I for- mm-hmm. I also forget about things like man the Green Book sure is forgettable. <laughs> Wait, did you like Green Book more than Jurassic Park? Yeah. <laughs> You're racist, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Colson ever, ever called me an ist before. Wow. <laughs> but that about does it for this episode of Joey Hates Movies. But, Coral, before we go, what is the next movie? Mm, okay. We haven't, we haven't watched a movie by a female director, I don't think. So I wanted to do that. And as a sad white girl always running from suburban angst I have to go with Sofia Coppola so I think we're gonna watch The Virgin Suicides I'm so excited I have not watched The Virgin Suicides but it's always been one of those I'm gonna watch that one day yeah yeah I is that a movie about virgins who kill themselves yeah I figured it out (laughs) (laughs) isn't it based on a novel yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's exciting I'm excited to do something different. I'll come prepare the list. I like hereditary. Maybe my takeaway from this should actually be that I shouldn't be so uh, tepid to watch horror movies. It's prestige horror season, baby. Mm-hmm. This is, it's never been a better time to watch horror movies and good horror movies. Maybe. I, I think that next time someone wants me to watch a horror movie with them, which doesn't really happen, but I, I might feel less viscerally appalled to it because of this experience. I'm right. glad. That w- that's the goal of this podcast, Joey. I thought it was to make fun of me. No. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> well, Thanks, thank everybody. Yeah, thank you very much. And if you like this, consider backing us over on patreon.com slash cybergarbage. There you will get, if you're listening to us like a freeloader on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can actually get the audio and video version of this podcast so you can see our pretty little mugs a week before it actually goes to the public feeds. So you get early access. And if there's ever any call to actions, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, leave them in and we'll read them out loud. You can also vote on movies. Yeah, and also we do a similar podcast that's about video games. It's called Garbage Game Club. If you like video games and you like us doing like a book club style talking about them, you'll probably like that. But that does it. Consider us backing us there. Goodbye. Bye. Watch Virgin Suicides. <laughs>